Welcome back to Black Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Secession, Season 1, Episode 2, Shit Show at the Fuck Factory, written by Tony Roche, directed by Mark Milode. I give this episode a 9 out of 10. I uh, took some notes, even though my arm was, <laughs> my shoulder <laughs> was in protest. But I did end up taking some notes to kind of just reorientate myself because um, I've made it very clear <laughs> that I am taking prescribed meds and thus I, I might veer off track if I didn't have my notes. So um, yeah, I like the, the dialogue in this episode. Um, Roman's a hot ass mess. I think we're going to continue to see that. I know that he's a Culkin, and yet I still, I don't, I see the resemblance, but I, they're totally two different people with two different careers. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I enjoyed, or I understood a little bit better the back and forth between the siblings. It is definitely a battlefield. So we start with Kendo rushing towards the hospital, crying that his daddy may be dying. And I was like, is that Juliana Canfield? Yes, that is Juliana Canfield. Beth from Why the Last Man, who plays Jess Jordan, Kendo's personal assistant. I'm sure it's a bit role in which all she does is people speak at her. Since she ain't nowhere on the cast list, I have read <laughs> in episode one. As soon as he gets to the hospital, he acting like he's the king of empires and demands the best accommodations and answers while the staff realistically promptly ignores his titled ass. Entitled ass. Uh-huh, honey. Clearly he's trying to do his job, not make you feel better about, you know. <laughs> I'm sure that's what your dying father is concerned about. Oh my god, there's not Fabroche eggs and silk curtains. Roman is still instigating shit, trying to throw fault on Shiv immediately while sucking Kendall's ass with each request. While Connor discusses cryogenetics or genics. Is it cryogenics or cryogenetics? You know, I'm not really quite sure, but it sounds batshit crazy. And yeah, I'm sure all billionaires are investing in that. Why would they not? <laughs> Immortality doesn't seem unreasonable to them when they have achieved godlike status in life. Greg is hilarious. He's like, damn, that's shitty. Talking to his mom on the phone that the man's birthday would be ruined <laughs> by his possible death. But I'm also unsure if I got a job or if he got the job. That's what I'm referring to. And he's also like, I only have 20 bucks left with Shiv requests for the vending machine. When we pull up, give me the loot. Give me the loot. She knows she heard him say, I only have $20 left. He even said, I just got robbed by Shiv. They already have prepped an obituary. Um... 
not written media style logan grew up in poverty sometimes that's even harder with your cognitive dissonance i think it's more pronounced in those people because they go from such a state of wanting to such a state of absolute control and dominion which is exactly what one in poverty that was in poverty would want to conquer that particular feeling but you it's almost like a ghost you're conquering it your whole entire life and it can cause them become to become more maniacal in the case with andrew carnegie and a lot of other the robber barons that came from absolute nothing to absolute power can i request jess to include something about both their moms uh connor and his mom lawrence is the cheapest fruit basket to say fuck you while greg just wants his change is there any change left over i would like to eat today execs with jerry kelman show up to speak with kendall and the other two sharks are already circling meaning the siblings despite not wanting to be making calls he's updated on frank's firing and dad's erratic behavior but intends to scratch all details of the day from the existence (laughs) of it happening which they can all work with but the family must be on board you see how quickly they was ready to label him unfit that carl guy that's why you have to love doing this type of shit to do it roman brings shiv into an amphitheater to convince her to sign the trust because it's shitty if she doesn't but she doesn't trust uh marcia i don't even think it's about trust and it comes down to the interaction they have a little bit later since she caused the man's brain to explode is what he what he tells her she pushes him so he slapped the shit out of her in the face god damn then they literally just start wrestling on the floor hardcore going at it with tom walking in and then walking the fuck back out this man could possibly be dying and this is where his could possibly be dying did i say where i'm not sure it's very late but i'm really confused on this type of (laughs) behavior oh if my children were acting like this i know i failed as a parent greg is trying so hard to ingratiate himself with marcia sending him or who ends up sending him on an errand to get him out of her face Roman tells Greg to get the papers but can't be bothered to tell him more being completely done with the conversation. It's like I have to stare up at you. It's your fucking giraffe. I can't even I'm getting a crick in my neck. Uh Greg looks like he just smells. I know that's mean to say, but it feels as if he's the type that don't wash his hands. People are saying horrid things online and every time they tell jess to do something impossible she just nods and pretends to be typing something that's not fuck my life connor has a much younger girlfriend named willa he loved me he gave me all his money that gucci prada comfy my sugar daddy uh, 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 uh. he loved me he put no one above me these bitches wanna judge me but i don't care he really 
brought the side pussy to the ho- to the to the hospital. <laughs> That's messed up. Why would they send this boy with no reference or a heads up to the doorman to let him in? He's like, yeah, I don't know you. So he doesn't have this awkward conversation about cab fare. He stood in the middle too. Like, I don't know what you want to do. This is between y'all two. <laughs> Thomas the second weirdest fuck in this show as even when Marcia tells him this isn't the time to have this conversation about getting his blessing he wonders you know maybe he should ask the body permission in case he dies Shiv isn't for discussing anything about who takes over next with Roman telling him Frank is fired Kendall that is they get results that dad had a hemorrhagic yeah words stroke which is unfortunately not something one can do a whole lot about at his age (laughs) he's not that old he just turned 80 Shiv tells them it's not good enough and will be moving dad but marcia says no he will recover here well we're just gonna discuss it no it's been there is no discussion needed i am in charge i am his proxy thank you my boss ass bitch she completely flexed on her in that moment and you knew or at least i knew that all of her her distrust of marcia has everything to do with the fact that you are daddy's girl and you wanted to be you want to be the constant woman in his life Uh, if not the constant woman the most influential one and marcia definitely threatens that Frank declines to come back as COO because there's a mess to be cleaned and he wants no business with it after being fired. Roman gives Shiv the heads up. Greg is bringing the papers and when she doesn't sign, she'll look like a jackass. So she calls Greg and gets him not to bring them as a favor. Are you the senior? Senior? Senior senior that's the right word are you the senior sibling what's the chain of command here Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. kendo announces he is temporarily ceo with roman thinking he should be it or even connor who's like i totally am just going with the flow but if there's an opportunity for me to insert myself as something more important when i'm not even that interested what is up with him his stalling uh dad knows that they wait but he knows that oh yeah dad was stalling roman when he promised him the coo position just to get him to sign the papers and he wasn't serious because he's not a serious person doesn't even know what the job entails and that's very clear like he can't even sit and have a conversation without regressing into a two-year-old uh they can't sit tight due to the market close at 6 30 so they need to make an announcement who's behind the wheel you probably say control the narrative when you come get out of here you meanie i hope dad never gets a tape of <laughs> of what went on in the suite because that feels like a narcissistic thing to do like what were my children doing while i was laying prone and unconscious not even five feet away 
and then he wonders why people don't take him seriously you reduce yourself down to a toddler she wants to lie about her father's actual constitution which isn't really allowed by the fec or whatever but he gets the small but she gets the small go ahead that they can finesse the statement as a sign to protract any decisions she's just dragging her feet also like a toddler kicking and screaming at this point because she doesn't want what's going to happen to happen also just have a feeling she doesn't want kendall to be happy greg is trying to strategize with his mother but she won't strategize with him ken calls lawrence to shove his dick down his throat so lawrence intends to not allow that to happen (laughs) shiv and roman don't want kendall being ceo and thus chose jerry to cock block their brother roman didn't even know the name of her husband however when he approached her to have a conversation who died in the same hospital he makes the offer but she declines despite being a stone cold bitch killer Walter publishes shit show at the fuck factory and ken presses his case for ceo with the siblings but both aren't backing him with shiv saying out of seven billion people we know for certain dad wanted you last and roman following up with he wished mom had birthed a can opener as it would be more useful this this is not okay why you being a dickhead fool stop being a dickhead i really want to blame them but i have a feeling that their father pretty much pitted them against each other to facilitate or foster this particular behavior between them they are united in their affront he shouldn't be what he get he shouldn't get what he wants to be happy the time offering to be a waiter and also his support of his wife who isn't even remotely qualified or interested she would if she could my favorite line connor go help willow with her homework Greg is still stalling. Kendo finally gets some kind words from someone. His estranged wife, Rava, comes to visit. Tom is an idiot and proposes in the middle of the hospital, which he equates to a blowjob when your mom died, but eventually accepts because he can't take any blows, further blows to his ego. He already was told to get the fuck out of the room with Willa. And he's like, come on, I'm not, I'm not her. <laughs> Tom bullies Greg, who finally shows up with the slippers because that what, that's what fosters in this environment. Ken offers Roman COO, but wonders why, Roman wonders why Jerry didn't take the job. He was like, we were just floating some shit by. He was, we was, uh, what was the word he used? Uh, oh i can't remember it oh that's too bad because he was like I, we, don't, we don't need to pin the something on something um they decide that that's gonna be the plan going forward daddy's girl doesn't want to make it work though but eventually agrees when he 
says it point blank look if we give the company to eva or carl because there's no one else you keep on acting like there's seven billion people and there's a whole bunch of candidates but there really isn't they're gonna take the company from us like they pretty much made it carl kind of slid it (laughs) he was waiting carl was waiting in the wings so do you really think dad would want the company not in our hands or do you think dad would want us to let the other people take the company because we don't know if he's gonna wake up or not because if they put someone in that they don't that isn't him and dad dies well then they're gonna take over and annex all of them and since they're all so very annoying i can see it happen very quickly uh once they tell the group everyone's happy with the statement and jerry drops the bomb congratulating the new ceo saying i can't even enjoy this shit so dad took out a three billion dollar loan for expansion in the parks in like 1985 or some shit only two people know her and frank and of course dad he secured the loan against waystar stock so if the stock gets below 130 well first he thinks that's no big deal but if the stock gets below 130 they can request full repayment which he also thinks okay but that's not gonna really happen they'll renegotiate and she's like no let me let me break it down to you even further the person they trusted with that repayment was the man that is no longer able to function as ceo of the company and you're just a boy with nice hair (laughs) and uh you're gonna have a hard time getting them to renegotiate that good luck though she said don't jump that's fucked up because that is some pretty devastating news they all go home to rest greg slept in a church pew and logan at the end of the episode has woken so how is he gonna feel about the decisions being made i don't know maybe you should have probably written something out very specific sir that's what you do when you're 80 fucking years old but he's got that i'm not gonna die invincibility shit going on (laughs) as most megalomaniacs tend to get and so they don't prepare for it and then he's probably still gonna be pissed off so pretty good episode uh, i'm liking the series thus far i am uh not rooting for absolutely anyone but i do think the intrigue is is definitely to watch is very entertaining and the, and the dialogue so if you want to send the feedback for our next episode blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe Until the next time, peace, hair grease, black or magic.